Okay, we said it. Travel is absolutely booming everywhere. And we talked about how we feel that yachting is at the forefront of that, right? That's correct. Yeah. Especially, you know, with what's going on, Joe's done a good job with the Bahamas and letting people come around there. And he made it where, well, I'll let Joe explain it to you, but he's uh, he's he's one of the head guys here that made it happen for us to uh, come over there. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been quite the, some people would call it a roller coaster for a bit of time. Um, for those who don't realize it, that yachting and boating never really officially closed in the Bahamas. It's the one uh, targeted tourism market that stayed open. Uh, however, there were a lot of protocols coming and going over the course of the last, over a year now, because we had opened in last June, uh, I'm sorry, closed last June, opened in July, reclosed again at the end of July, reopening to regular tourism in the Bahamas in uh, late November. Uh, but in between there, uh, there was a lot of uh, protocols written and rewritten uh, with with boating and yachting tourism leading the way for actually opening up tourism in the Bahamas. But they did a great job. Um, as a, one that travels there a lot, they did a great job, the Bahamians did, by allowing you to, uh, it was very simple to get over there. Uh, you know, a COVID test, you went online, you got your uh, visa. It was, it, it made it simple. Uh, so it was really easy to get through and do that if you just follow the steps that they the guidelines they gave you yeah we were actually very lucky and blessed if you will that our uh, keeping this conversation today very non-political but our prime minister uh, is actually a medical doctor so he took it upon himself to to really focus everything in the reopening of the country in a medical from a medical standpoint so once they kind of figured out you know what that standpoint would be uh, they partner uh, the the prime minister and his cabinet partnered with the Ministry of Tourism to create what was really at that point in time the, the very first uh, health visa. To this day, is actually one of the only automated health visa programs that there is, including even in the United States, where there still isn't one. What an accomplishment to say that you mm -hmm. were a part of that. That's yeah. incredible. I personally have gone through the process of applying for the visa. I just did it July fourth. And I can speak to how user friendly it is, how, like Brian said, this is allowing us to use our boats and travel and do it very effectively. And I have hats off to you. It was a great process. Yeah. So it was an ongoing, it, it took, it took a few months, but once it really got up and up and running, uh, it's been, it's been fantastic. Well over 200,000 people have used it now and since last November. And, uh, like I said, boating and yachting kind of led that forefront uh, by allowing not only at first people to have the PCR test to come to the Bahamas and now incorporating those who have been vaccinated. And so at this point in time, as we sit here uh, towards the end of July, the health visa program is still in place um, to come to the Bahamas uh, and to receive that health visa. You either need to be fully vaccinated and or take a PCR test five days prior to coming. Well, not only with that, I, I've been probably in the last six, eight months, I've probably been to the Bahamas I couldn't even count them, but at least 20 times and different marinas, different tournaments. And, and not only like you're at Remora Bay, but if you want to leave there by plane, you have to be tested within so many hours before leaving. So you have to train all the staff at every marina, every hotel, every resort to administer these tests and to store these things. And it's, it's actually been amazing that accomplishment for the Bahamas because you know, sometimes they're a little behind on things, but they've really stepped up and did a great job with this. Yeah, I mean, just like every country, almost 
around the world right now, they're seeing an uptick. Uh, part of that uptick comes from, you know, more people being in the country. Uh, part of that uptick comes from not having enough vaccines at the current moment that the government is working on. But for the most part, as you just said, is that we not only did you have to, in the early days, did you have to have a test before you came? You had to take it, and you still have to, if you're not vaccinated, take a second test after being there for five days. And then, of course, the U.S. has implemented to fly back to the U.S. Uh, within three days of flying back, you have to take another test. So it really was incorporating almost three tests into your visit. And that being said, that kept the numbers very, very low. And it's still, yes, we are seeing an uptick right now, but in a, on a percentage basis, and on a percentage basis compared to the rest of the world and to our uh, and to the pop into our national population, it is still a very, very, very low percentage of people that have had COVID. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, throughout this pandemic, we're talking about what we're getting at is that yachting has paved the way for a safe environment for families to get out on the water. And this has been HMY's best year. We continue to have record breaking numbers. And we're very proud of that, that we can be able to give families an avenue to be safe and to get out in the water, you know, experience the things that we love most. So today I want to tell you who is in front of me right now. Clearly I am with two experts on the Bahamas, not just travel, but specifically, you know, these guys, they live there, they have homes there. Um, they are in the States or in the Bahamas. Brian's a pilot, um, flies his own plane over there. And uh, if you're looking to book a trip to the Bahamas, these are the guys that you're going to want to talk to and learn from. So I really just want to start off and dive in with why you love the Bahamas. Well, for me, it's been a, a lifelong passion. Uh, I've been going to the Bahamas since, uh, like a lot of people that grew up in South Florida. Uh, I grew up in, in the Boca Raton and Deerfield Beach area and have been going you know, since childhood. Uh, a lot of family members went homes there, and uh, I've incorporated that into my business career uh, as I got older, and uh, and have been very involved in both the marina and the resort side of business in the Bahamas. I currently am one of the partners of the Remor Bay Resort and Marina on Harbor Island. Uh, we are one of the premier marina destinations in the Bahamas, uh, as the Har- as Harbor Island is. Harbor Island is host to uh, uh, two excellent marinas and a third to go online this year. Uh, to include not only Remora Bay, but Valentine's Resort and Marina, as well as the new Bryland Club. So uh, Harbor Island is clearly one of the top destinations in the Bahamas for boating and yachting. And uh, we see that only uh, growing in the future. So when you say, you know, ask my love for the Bahamas started at a young age, and it just has uh, luckily for me been able to uh, tie into what I do for a living as well. Is that weird to go back and forth going from Harbor Island to Fort Lauderdale because I know you split your time, what did you say, 50-50? Uh, that's correct. I uh, live in the downtown Fort Lauderdale area when not on Harbor Island and I have an, we have an office for Remora Bay uh, in Fort Lauderdale. So I, yeah, it, it is uh, it is different sometimes. If you go from driving a golf cart to uh, being on 95, there's a big difference. Um, <laughs> Conk salad to uh, a very not different. Not only that, you drive on the opposite side of the road. That's Don't right. That. Yeah, but, you, but uh, the reality of the world is you look forward to things on both sides. When you're over there for a long period of time, you're obviously craving your favorite restaurants and your favorite things to do. And uh, and when you're over here, you're craving not being in the car and back in the golf cart. Well, yeah. well, well so, when you're in the golf cart, this is my experience. If you drive down the middle, 
most likely the person coming the other way knows which side to be on, so you just swerve the other way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned growing up. It's genius. Yeah, I've been yelled at many times of like very typical uh, U.S. girl <laughs> driving down the wrong side. Brian, why do you love the Bahamas? I don't know. You know, um, I think growing up, I grew up in Merritt Island. We had a little house on the water. I had a little 12-foot John boat, and heck, I was out on it every day. And, uh, you know, it's funny. My mom always said, you know, Brian, you and your brother love the ocean so much you keep your grades below sea level. And there was a lot of truth to that. <laughs> don't laugh. That's... That's why I'm selling yachts, because I couldn't get through college. <laughs> just kidding. But um, I don't know. The Bahamas, it's just the first time I went there, I was 16 years old, and I was fortunate to go with a guy, and it was 1986, and we had a, he had a brand-new 48-foot Viking, and I went to the Bahamas, and um, it was just something about it. It was you're on a yacht, you're fishing, you're meeting people on the dock, you're talking to people. You know, you live in an apartment or you live in your house, Usually you go in and you shut the door. You sit on you sit on Joe's dock at Remora Bay and you pull out your lawn chair and you have a drink and, and you meet some of the coolest people. And I think that's what got me into this is just meeting people and seeing what they, and I always saw what the rich people, you know, they, they had the yachts, they call them the rich people. And I always wanted to know what they did. It was intriguing what they do for a living. And I think that's one of the greatest things about my job in yacht sales or you, Lexi, you're in yacht sales with me. Um, really, it's it's the people you meet and the way that they changed the world or did the good or made money. It's just really cool, and and I love it. I love the fishing, the diving, uh, just the beaches. There's just so much to do, and and every island's unique and different. Absolutely, I think there's a camaraderie on that dock that you can't match anywhere else than the Bahamas and those conversations from those days of fishing and diving and sharing that. And, you know, I, I just think the, the fishing is so good there. Well, fishing's good, you know, and that's what's neat about the Bahamas. There's different months in different areas, you know. Uh, fish tend to migrate, but Skip Smith runs all these tournaments up and down the Abacos in April and May. You know, Harbor Island's just, Harbor Island to me is, fishing is April, May, June, July, August, because then you go south, uh, Rom, Sansal, Cat, Crooked, all that. As today, right now, guys are getting four and five shots at Blue Marlin and catching elephant tunas, and, and Joe and Harbor Island, they're right in the middle of all that. So it, it comes from the north, and it comes from the south, and it goes back and forth, but there's always a place to get out of the wind in the Bahamas, there's always a place to fish. There's always a place to go eat. There's always a place to snorkel when it's rough or, you know, you have different guests on the boat. Not everybody wants to fish. Not everybody wants to dive. Not everybody wants to drink alcohol a day. So it's just a variety of stuff. And I think that's what the love about it is. And that's why everybody wants to get over there. It is one of the few, it is one of the only archaeologics in the world. First of all, we're over 700 island and keys of which about 40 are your main inhabited islands throughout. But oh, those 700 island keys are spread out over 800 square miles. We're the only place in the world where you check in one time and you clear customs immigration, and that's it. And you can go for weeks and weeks and months throughout the rest of the Bahamas and see so many different cultures, so many different foods, so many different you know types of people all within one country. And that is really what makes the Bahamas so different. And we really, when we're talking boating and yachting here, we cater to 
every type of vessel there is. Let's face it, your your most popular island, probably in the Bahamas, for mass amounts of boats is still going to be Bimini. We're literally 53 miles off the coast of the United States in a country that's so very different than the United States. So if you have your center consoles, if you have your smaller vessels, you can spend a long weekend in Bimini and stay at the the, the great hotels they have there now and the bigger ones and come right back. You could be a sailboater and go down into the Exumas and Cat Island and Long Island and spend months down there. You could be, you know, a sport fish and hitting the tournaments in the Abacos and as well as getting down into the Southern Islands. Or you could be a large yacht. You know, we have vessels in the Bahamas now from 23 feet to 400 feet. And when I say that, we're not jokingly saying to 400 feet, it has become a new mecca for the larger larger super yachts as well, especially in the last few years. Um, this trend really kind of started after Hurricane Matthew really affected the Caribbean. We never want to see that type of a reason for being busy as affecting one of our neighbors to the south, but it really affected the Caribbean. That was the first year that really a lot of the larger charter vessels started to check out the Bahamas. They stayed. And then you you multiply that, what happened with COVID, when all the big boats were on our side of the world and they did not go back to the Med and they did not go down to the Caribbean, yet the Bahamas was open. So we have had a plethora of larger yachts and, 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 and charter vessels that are experiencing the Bahamas for the very first time, captains and crew that had never even been to this part of the world. And uh, it's really changing boating and yachting uh, uh, in the Bahamas. And, you know, and, and, and I've been a few places in my, in my uh, short 49 years of life, but um, the water, the different colors and the different beaches and the different things, you, you can go three miles around a corner somewhere and it's a total different view and it's unlike any other. And it's, it's right here in our own backyard here in the United States. You know, it's like Joe was saying, 53 miles, it's an hour and a half in an outboard belt, you know, uh, Ramora Bay, 180 miles from Lauderdale or 180 miles from Palm beach. It's nothing. It's a five hour trip in these boats nowadays and everything is different. You go ride horses on the beach. You go to the pig sand beach. You go feed pigs. You you dive Thunderball Cave. They're, they have some of the deepest blue holes in the world throughout the Bahamas. I mean, it's just unlimited. And drastically different, like you said. So, you know, we've heard that Joe, you know, was one of the forefront, you know, pushers on helping us open the Bahamas. But I want to talk about a really impressive fact that you said and that was that the bahamas was the first country to open to tourism during the pandemic is that correct well to open to boating and yachting tourism okay yeah so uh when uh, when the prime minister decided that it was time to start uh, considering how we would reopen boating and yachting and private home rentals really were at the forefront of what we could do. Boating and yachting came first. It was uh, it was an, uh, an enclosed structure, uh, especially the larger yachts. Uh, most of the crew and most of the owners of these larger super yachts were taking COVID a lot more serious than pretty much anywhere else, any place else in the world. Having a, a, a disease or something that could affect everybody in an enclosed environment is as bad as almost having a fire. Mm -hmm. So yachts and yacht owners took it very seriously. And we were able to impress upon the Bahamian government uh, that boating and yachting could take it seriously and they could be looked at as being the first segment of the market to reopen. So uh, an organization that really is the leading voice 
for boating and yachting in the Bahamas is the Association of Bahamas Marinas, or the ABM. It's led up by uh, Peter Morey as their president, uh, who uh, owns Bay Street Marina in Nassau, and myself, uh, the vice president. And for a number of years, we've really structured what we do at the ABM to the benefit of not only the Bahamian people, but to boating and yachting in the Bahamas. So once we connected with the prime minister's office on helping to write the protocol and helping to market to, uh, to, the, to boating and yachting what the health, health visa was going to look like, that really quickly became a very key factor. And the fact that, yes, we were the first country to open to boating and yachting. Uh, we were the first country to have a uh, health visa, digital health visa program. And we were certainly the first country out of all the Caribbean countries uh, to open uh, to tourism. And, uh, and so far, so good. It has really benefited not only the Bahamian people, uh, but to those wishing to vacation by boat, boat or yacht in the Bahamas. And another thing you both have in common is that you both are fathers of two. Tell me about your children or young adults, should I say? Well, I have a 19-year-old daughter that goes to FAU. Um, I have a 17-year-old son. Uh, thank God they got the, the, their brains from their mom side of the family. <laughs> very um, smart, very beautiful. Yes, thank you very much. Um, hopefully one day they'll be able to buy their dad a yacht and I won't have to sell them. But <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's uh, look, we're talking about the Bahamas. I, I, I love being a captain, but there was nothing better when you when I started selling boats at the age of 24 and and my first kid was coming along and every one of my clients said, you better enjoy them because before you blink, they're going to be out of the house. And when, when you hear that from everybody out there, there's some truth to it. And I'm glad I finally listened to somebody because I'm not one to listen to somebody, but I actually listened to my customers and it, it, it was the best thing I ever did in my life. And you truly had raised them in the Bahamas, just like you had all those memories. I feel like they have so many good memories over there. Well, they've been fortunate. And, and the reason they're fortunate is because like most of our clients at HMY, they're not just clients, they're friends. They, they are family. They invite you along with these trips. They invite you, your, your kids. They invite your girlfriends and spouses. They invite, it's just, it's a big camaraderie. And it's, it's really great. The boating industry is a small niche of just down to earth people and, and Good people. That's what's so cool about our business. Brian, I've seen, you know, I've worked alongside you for at least five years and I've known you even longer than that, you know, because my dad's been with the company for so long. I can truly say that I have never seen you meet a client or develop a new relationship that you don't keep for a lifetime. I see you taking phone calls at all hours of the day, you know, our phones ring nonstop as yacht brokers. I'm sure Joe's phone rings nonstop with all of everything you have on your plate, but you're always taking calls because people are reaching out to you because they know that you can help them with service, you know, calls with, Hey, I, I'm pretty sure I heard that you flew over a $17 part to the Bahamas. Is that right? Uh, that was pretty recent. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I got a phone call and there was a mega yacht and two, uh, two well made, Valhalla center consoles over there. And I guess one of the engineers did something with a start switch and it was $17 part and Viking had me jump in the plane and fly it all the way over there. And that's great. You know, I love that. That's why sitting in the Bahamas as a kid on the boats fishing, I was, stuff was always breaking. You never knew how to get it over. So when I was 
able to raise enough money to go get my flights to go to the flight school. Um, it was a passion I took. I mean, to this day, I can drive a boat and dock it and you get off and you think nothing of it. It's like driving your car. Getting out of that little airplane, I'm on cloud nine the rest of the day. The, the adrenaline rush, knowing what I just did, it, it just, it's something I never thought I would feel. And, and it is a very good passion of mine. And it also benefits my customers, my clients, or your customers or your clients. You know, um, they, they don't want to be, they don't want to have downtime when they're on vacation. They work hard for what they do and they, you know, they got to get it back up and running. You know, Joe, Joe's got, uh, over Nassau, you know, he's got access to multiple, um, and venues at, at his disposal to keep his customers at his dot going. I mean, that's, that's what's so great about it. And Joe, you have two kids. I do. Uh, I'm very lucky in that aspect. And they too spent, uh, Joe, just Every, so you know, you never know who they, if they're really your kids unless you get tested. <laughs> but you know who the real mom is. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I have to just look at them. You can tell they're mine. They look just but, like you. Uh, but they, um, they spent every, every single summer from the very last day of school to the very first day of fall uh, in the Bahamas and every break in between. And I've got a Sophia who's going to be a senior at Boca High this year. And, uh, Searching out all her uh, particulars for what college she'll attend uh, next year. That's such a hard decision. Mm -hmm. And I have a Joey Jr. who uh, grew up my my surfer kid who uh, who thought about every option uh, to him on the table, but always wanted to uh, serve his country first. And uh, he is 20 years old and training in the special forces right now. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of him deciding to do that before anything else in his life. And uh, yeah, so it, uh, it you know, you, you do your best in life to, uh, to give them every opportunity that they could ever possibly want and then also teach them the, uh, the importance of hard work and, uh, and dedication. And I'm blessed that both of my children see that. Well, it sounds like you did a very good job and thank you for you know, lending him out in his service to us because that's that's not an easy you know life to live and I, it has I a lot of sacrifice. To, I don't want to have to free dive against him when he comes out. You know yeah. that boy will be able to hold his breath way longer than I can. Right, like five minutes, <laughs> probably holding the record. Yeah, I bet he's he's got great free diving skills when he's in the Bahamas in the summer, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Whenever he can get time off, which I'm sure is very different now, more cherished. Brian, you've mentioned a couple times you know, that you're in in yacht sales. How long have you worked for HMI Yachts? Tell everyone. Well, I've, I've been in the business of selling boats since 1994. I've worked for HMI for 11 years, and it was kind of my fault for not going there in the beginning because it's uh, it's like no other company. I mean, it's everybody's a big family. We look after each other. Uh, it's just it's it's really uh, I would say how, it really changed my life. You know, 11 years ago, I really really learned a lot. You know, it's not all about, you know, making the big commissions, which is nice, but the people teach you and care about you in this company. And that's, what's nice. I couldn't agree more. And it's also about representing the best product that we can stand behind for our clients. Well, it's true. As you know, you're, 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 you sell these, uh, princess boats all the time though. And I, you know, I'm fortunate to sell, a few here and there and a few Vic. Brian is one of our top salesmen at HMY. I'll have you all know. 
Uh, I don't know about that, but I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, um, we saw Viking and Valhalla and Okean and, and Princess. And uh, it's a great product and, and we're fortunate. And I mean, where do you go to work and you're complaining that you're on a sea trial running on the beach in a yacht when people work their whole lives to do this stuff. So Yes, and you're telling them how to get to the Bahamas, especially right now in summer. I want to get people pumped up on the Bahamas and also um, just to... Can you guys paint the picture of what it's like to either step off a plane or step off a boat? What does the Bahamas look like? We talked about the water. What is the feel of the island? And let's talk, let's start talking favorite islands. Like if someone is looking to book a trip right now, you've never been to the Bahamas. There's a lot of islands to choose from. You mentioned, where would you start? Yeah. From a boating and a boating and yachting perspective, a lot of it has to do with uh, what your experience is. You know, what type of vessel you have, as we mentioned, a lot of people in their early years start in the Bimini's branch into the Berry Islands, which the Berries are one of my absolute favorites. You've got it anchored by um, Great Harbor Key in the north and you've got Chub Key in the south and 23 miles in between of, you know, four and a half feet of water on the bank side, which is like never seen before. Uh, you've got Hoffman's Key with the famous blue hole right in the middle. Um, you've got the Abacos, which tends to definitely cater towards our uh, Treasure Coast and Palm Beach County and um, uh, Martin County residents. Um, so that's that's very very important to us. All over to Luthra and the Exumas. You know, obviously, I'm very very fond of Luthra, which is where Harbor Island is. Um, you know, what we're really blessed with, and I'll let Brian share a little more of this from a private pilot perspective. But we're we're blessed with great runways throughout the Bahamas. Uh, for the most part, outside of a few private ones, they're all designed in the same fashion. Uh, and most of them are, are long, including the one in North Eleuthera, which is close to 6,000 feet. So uh, our airlift into the Bahamas, especially in the last five years, has become excellent. Uh, you've got some regional aircraft now that are making some really strong uh, trends into the Bahamas. You've got Silver Airways, which is probably the biggest now, which is now doing multiple flights into North Eleuthera and Nassau, the Abacos, and uh, some other areas. You have Aztec. You've got Makers Air, Tropic Ocean Airway. So are some smaller services out of the Broward County area uh, as well. Uh, into places like North Eleuthera soon, the Abacos as they bulk back up and Nassau. You know, people don't we hear of NASA a lot and, it, and you, in bigger populations of numbers and just on the tourist region of people staying in hotels and casinos. But uh, actually a lot of boats and a lot of yachts also uh, are based in the Nassau area. Uh, they don't always all stay there, but the bulk of almost all charters start in Nassau and then they venture out to either Harbor Island or to the Exumas because of the good airlift. We've got great FBOs throughout all the Bahamas. Uh, I think you got like, I want to say you got 50, last time I checked, I think there's 58 runways in the Bahamas that you can land at. Wow. Yeah, there's some, in, exactly. And so even at, uh, in, in North Eleuthera, which, which caters to Harbor Island, we now have American that flies direct from, from Charlotte and Miami twice a day. You have Delta every single day from Atlanta. So you've actually have some other larger cities are being touched. A statistic, a statistic that I saw last year, which I found very unique was that the Bahamas ranked number one in private aircraft uh, that land uh, in, in their country. So this would include smaller planes and obviously larger planes in the G5s and G6s. Wow. And, and this is for any island nation throughout the world. Yes. And, and here's what was the interesting part. 
our number was something like 16,440. The closest country was like 4,000. So wow, that is how many pri- that's how much how many private aircraft land and are serviced and then taken care of uh, at our airports. Our airports are safe. Uh, our our crime rate, especially in the out islands, is almost zero. Especially uh, at uh, when it comes to aircraft parked on runways. Well, if, you, if you look at that, Joe, yeah. if you go back, you know, you're talking about how big Nassau is. There's there's roughly a half a million people that live in the Bahamas full time. They're Bahamians. About four hundred thousand live in Nassau, so there's about a hundred. Yeah, over three quarters of the population live in, on the small area, what's called New Providence. And you were talking about Nassau's. how many islands are inhabitable that mm-hmm. have homes on them that you can actually visit and all. So it, it it's very safe. I, you know, it, crime happens. It's usually amongst it, two it, people it that is, are that are button heads it between is by them. Far the safest island nation almost anywhere in the world. Yeah, especially when it comes to boating and yachting. It uh, it's very well respected. And, uh, and I'm not going to sit here and say that crime never happens in our country, because of course it does. But for the most part, it's kept to a, to a minimal. And when you speak of the out islands, and just so everybody knows when we talk about the out islands, your two major islands are Nassau and Freeport when it comes to population and more cruise ship destination. more de- But all the other islands are considered either what we call the family islands or the out islands is the same terminology for each other. And those are all the outskirted smaller islands, which then include the Bimini's, the Berries, the Abacos, yeah, the Luthers, st- Exuma, Cat Island. Yeah, you and start Long north, Island. you start from Walker's Cay, mm-hmm. work your way all the way down, and you know, you get almost. So when you're, when you're talking out islands, safety and security is, 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 is very important, and it is, um, you, you know, it's, it's excellent. So, what's your vote for if you had to pick one island for someone who's never been to the Bahamas? I want to hear from both of you which island you would say to would be a good for a family. Let's talk flying in first, and then we'll do one for boating. Well, flying in in the Exumas, I, I, I don't know. I always like flying to Staniel K. I I think that is, you've got a lot of beautiful water there. You come over that little cliff if you're entering from the uh, north or if you're coming in from the south, you're coming right over the water. I think literally you step off the plane and you can step into your little hotel on the beach and you got a little rental boat, something like that. Um, to me, that's exciting land on the small runways. Of course, I have a small plane. Absolutely. Joe, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of answer it twofold. So in terms of flying, and I do like North Eleuthera because your options for air tra- for for airlift is excellent and, and by far the best of any out island. We're number two airport in the Bahamas behind Nassau. In terms of just overall islands, I will break this down into two. Otherwise, I'll have my head on a platter. <laughs> Harbor Island is by far one of the most unique islands in the Bahamas, uh, but it is a little different. It's, it's definitely on the high-end side. It is basically the Nantucket or St. Bart's of this part of the world. Our culinary is one of the top, in the definitely one of the top anywhere in the Caribbean. We have, I think, four of the top 10 restaurants in the entire Caribbean are on Harbor Island. So yes, I do love it. In a more minimalistic way, though, I absolutely love the Berry Islands and Great Harbor Key. Uh, there is just something very, very special about that location and their beaches and the fact that there aren't hardly any restaurants and not a whole lot. So it's just kind of two separate things. I'm glad you gave that spectrum because mm-hmm. some, everyone's looking for something different in the Bahamas. And we've already spoken right. to that fact that we can offer all of that amongst the islands. I, I'm a little biased, too. Uh, you know, you can't. Uh, our family has a house in uh, Hopetown, Elbow Key, and uh, you can't fly in there. You have to fly into Marsh Harbor, take a water taxi across, which is most of the Abaco Islands, besides the Great Abaco, you have a couple runways there. Um, but 
it's different boating. Every every place you go is different. The Abaco is, I call it the intercoastal waterway. You have the out islands and then the mainland of the Abaco, Great Abaco. So you can fish, you can dive, you can go to the beach. It's There's always a place to go boating, what, no matter what the weather's doing. And, and so I'm kind of particular to there. Got great surfing, one of the places that, you know, if you don't mind seeing a fin once in a while. Um, <laughs> right a <off> shark of, <laughs> fin? I don't know what they, they might be porpoise. They might be, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you sound like my dad. He tells me there's no sharks in the water before I get in. But, uh, you know, then you go down south, you know, you get to Joe's, you go down there to, uh, Eleuthera and you got pink sand beaches and there's horses running on the beach. I mean, that's, there's a place for everybody. It's just, and everybody's going to have their own favorite place. I don't know if I really do have one, but I'm in particular to Elbow Key and Hope Town because I know everybody there and. I know where every restaurant is. I know every bar. I know every fishing hole. I mean, that's one thing that I like about it. I want to brag on these two gentlemen right now because their love is most apparent for the Bahamas and the way that both of you responded to Hurricane Dorian. When that hurricane hit, both of you didn't wait a single second. You know, Brian was instantly loading his plane and he captained 37 flights starting just two days after the hurricane hit. You know, the second that there was even a remote possibility for him to land, he was there. And Joe, you had 19 boats full going full time from Remora Bay in the first three days following the storm. And I just want to commend both of you for that, that you were vital roles in, in restoring that part of the Bahamas. Yeah, we were, we were lucky to be affiliated with obviously a, a group of uh, homeowners in, uh, on Harbor Island uh, in conjunction with uh, a few larger vessels out of Spanish Wells and then a group of uh, amazing people out of Nassau, Will and his team, that helped put this together, and we decided that we were not going to wait uh, for anybody's approval, if you will. And uh, we formed a um, a group of, of center consuls that, uh, within 24 hours, were amassed at Ramor Bay. And uh, we started um, by heading towards the Abacos, not really knowing what was going to be found uh, or what we could do with the people. Uh, so we were bringing over supplies, whatever supplies we could, and it just turned out that uh, there were plenty of people ready to leave. So over the course of about a seven-day, about a five-day period, we brought out over 900 people, and uh, and we set up a uh, somewhat of a triage location uh, at Three Island Dock, which is just across from Harbor Island on the Eleuther side, and then partnered with the uh, Red Cross and the Bahamian government uh, to help facilitate it, uh, destinations for the for these 900 people. And Brian, this was close to home, literally. You have a home. Well, had a home. Can you speak to that? Well, we had, Uncle and I had the highest home in Hopetown, and uh, it does bring some tears to my eyes to see what happened, but it wasn't, look, 30-something flights over, it's not a big deal. It's every single person, every single boater I know, I don't care who you are, they were sending stuff, asking what they could do, who they could help. It wasn't me. I was just one of the avenues to help get this stuff there. Everybody there is went over there. So it was across the board. It wasn't just a few people. I know Will. Will, 
that happens to be one of our good clients. Scott Levin is his broker. And, and I mean, Will jumped in head first, like Joe, right? And in the Abacos and it was everybody. It just wasn't a few people. I mean, there was stuff coming from every state. There were Caterpillar dealers in Illinois, two cats people. I mean, there was, and, and these guys have homes in Cat Island that are 300 miles south and they were, they were jumping a bit, you know, Carl Allen, bought Walker's K, him and Gigi. They're, they're investing all their money over there. They stopped what they were doing. They rebuilt Grand. They, they jumped in. Everybody did just first class job. For those of you listening, if you haven't been to the Bahamas or you have, clearly the experiences that we've had over the years in the Bahamas you know, like you're saying, with the way that people dropped everything, it's moved them so much to preserve that so that their next generation can experience what we have. And I think that's some of the reason on why everyone, you know, jumps into action so fast and how much they care. Despite this devastating tragedy, you know, that that storm was, they have bounced back tremendously. And I would love for y'all to paint the picture of what the Bahamas looks like now and get everyone excited to get over there. Yeah, boating and yachting has, uh, quite honestly, has never been as big as it is right now. Uh, since March of 2021, pretty much every marina has been sold out. Uh, it is everybody. Uh, that is a it, staggering it, it's, it's, thing it, it's to It's hard hear. to even explain how busy it's been. And uh, it has bounced back tremendously. And not just not just for marinas. You know, there's a, what people don't understand is your typical boating or yachting client or guest on board spend almost three to one what a hotel guest will spend. This has nothing to do with putting down the hotel side. I own a hotel as well. It's not that. It's just they happen to spend three to one. And so it trickles down to the golf cart vendor, the tour guy, the fishing guy, the, the guy restaurant. conk on the side of the road. The, re- the restaurants. It's just, it's everything. And so we are grateful and we want to thank everybody who is listening here today and everybody in the, especially the South Florida boating and yachting community, because let's face it, that is where the bulk of the boats have come from. Um, it, but it's been f- fabulous and fantastic. And we're now in July. And uh, I will say that, um, that like a lot of countries right now, the Bahamas has experienced a bit of an uptick on COVID. Um, and I think just like you're going to see, maybe not here in Florida, uh, but in other states regionally that they're going to start to uh, come out with some new protocols that might affect what people do. The Bahamas will probably be coming out with some new protocols as well. Uh, I do not see it really affecting boating and yachting that much. It just may affect how you do things differently when you're there. Uh, maybe not as many bars open or maybe not as many late nights. Um, I do foresee some of that coming for the next few months because we are a smart, small country. And you have to realize that you you may not think anything of North Luther and Harbor Island all of a sudden having 15 cases, but that's 15 cases we we can't handle. You know, we don't have the medical medical capacity. We do not have hospitals in Eleuthera. We have what's called clinics. And that's basically is we can take care of you and we can save your life, but then we ship you on. We ship you on either back to Florida or to Nassau. And if the Nas and if the air if the if the hospitals in Nassau are full, then what do you do? So it is the job of our health department and our prime minister to get ahead of it. And that's probably what they'll have to do in the next few weeks is get ahead of it a little bit. 
Um, so uh, if you hear things about it being a little stricter, um, that's just that's just the way things have to be. Doesn't mean you can't come and have a great time. Provision your boat, bring that chair that Brian's talking about, <laughs> and sit right. on the dock and enjoy that's right. each other's company yeah. and the view. But uh, for someone, you know, looking to book, we're talking this. I want everyone to get excited about this. There's some stuff coming up, and that is lobster season. Lobster season's around the corner. Well, you know what? You know what? I I. As much as I love to go over there and shoot lobsters in the Bahamas, a lot of people don't know the laws over there. And, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but this is the Bahamian livelihood. They they spend tons and tons of money putting out habitats for them to harvest their lobsters. And, you know, we tend to take advantage of... Uh, going over there and harvesting stuff out of their traps illegally, which it is illegal. And, and, you know, and, and look, if you go get a couple lobsters, it's one thing, but when you go sit there and shoot a hundred lobsters out of a guy's trap and then you turn his trap upside down, I frown upon that. Of course. There's so much reef. The Bahamas Be respectful. is miles and miles and miles of reef and rock. And there's, there's lobsters in every one of them, you know? So yeah, I'm excited for lobster season. I love it. It's, it's, you know, you can't shoot them here in the States. You have to net them, which is fun sometimes, but there's something I'm a big avid hunter. So being an avid hunter, I like shooting that spear at them, but do it legally. You know, we can't look, we can't ruin a country that doesn't have the network of authority or police to police all this. You, you got to do your own part. You know, I saw a little thing out of Hopetown News the other day on, on Facebook and there was a boat out there and they were, it's not even lobster season, literally a hundred yards off the, uh, the island and some local put it on there and, and shamed them and good for them. You know, we have to look after that. You got, everybody wants to go there and enjoy it. Just abide by the rules. It's not that hard. That's all I got to say. You brought up hunting. I'm glad you did because I know there's a moose story. Tell, tell, tell me the moose story. I've heard about it, but I haven't heard the full thing. All right, if you want to hear the moose story real quick, I was fortunate enough when they opened Cuba back up to go over with the Stewart Sailfish Club. And uh, a guy, Charlie Caligniero, was one of my clients. I sold him a Bertram. We went over there, and it was the largest Heming The Hemingway tournament the longest-running Blue Marlin tournament in the world. And that year was the largest. There was 100-and-something boats there. And we went over there, and uh, believe it or not, we won. And it, it was a, a great accomplishment, too win another tournament in a different country, especially Cuba, where not many people have been. And uh, with there's no phone service over there, no communication. So I'm on my way back, and we always, everybody put in a moose tag, first time ever. On average, it takes 15, 20 years to get drawn for a moose tag. Well, I'm coming across from the boat from Cuba back to the Keys, and my phone starts blowing up going, you lucky SOB, I can't believe you you did this, you did that. I'm like, what are they talking about? I did not know, but I got drawn for the number one zone in, in Maine on my first year. And it takes usually 15, 20 years to get drawn. So uh, you can bring a second hunter, which my brother guides all around the world. So I brought him because I figured more guides, better it is. Had some photographers and got to see some great moose. And there's a video out there of me at full draw for a couple minutes with the moose that steps in at seven yards. And when I let the arrow fly, he's at the end of my arrow, um, face to face breathing on me. And it's, it's, 
pretty spectacular video and something to watch. I just can't even imagine. Like I would be shaking, like my knees would be knocking. Like you have a like thousand pound animal. How many yards from you? Well, Lex, it, it, it was at the end of my bow. It was literally oh my, my air gosh. doesn't come all the way. Like quiver, he could have charged you. Well, yeah, but you know what? That's where we go back to. You remember I keep my grades below sea level. I wasn't <laughs> smart enough to know that this thing could kick my butt. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I didn't know. And and at the end, Jim Shockey. And you're which, bow hunting a moose. Like, how much more could you challenge yourself? Which I actually You'll really be doing it. Love. You're a big hunter. I am. But I, I respect you so much for, you know, we, we have a lot of respect for that sport well, and harvesting these Well, animals. like you said, Jim Shockey. Everybody knows Jim Shockey. Yep. He, he, he said to my brother, he goes, man, your brother must have had to clean out his boots. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know how he did either. And I said, well, there you go. I just wasn't smart enough. I didn't know. I didn't know what an animal like that could do. But uh, that's incredible. Believe it or not, um, at that close range, I didn't kill him. I didn't wow. even draw blood. I, I The arrow came out and it never got enough energy and it just ricocheted right off the side of him. And he lived wow. another day. And uh, But it was the greatest experience of my life, one of them. That's incredible. Yeah, so... Call or text Brown if you want to see that video because it will blow your mind. It's unreal. I didn't know the full story, but I have seen that video and it is it is hard to explain. Something you have to see. Uh, I want to I want to close out by really diving into Ramora Bay with you, Joe. Like, how do we fly in? Like, what airport do I fly in? I have not been to Harbor Island, and it is top of my Bahamian bucket list. I, and it's crazy to me. Everyone well, Lexi, knows. you just won a free night stay at Ramor <laughs> Bay on Joe. <laughs> uh, no, I wish. But I'm definitely going to get over there. I just can't believe how much I've been to the Bahamas and I haven't made it there. And it's always been top of the list because of the pink sand and everything I've seen. Um, She's lying. She has I? horses well, and she wants to ride one well, on that beach. <laughs> well, first of all, she is more than welcome. And I know we have a huge HMY uh, audience here. So uh, we will also create a, a HMY discount uh, for anybody who wants to come this year. But Ramora Bay that. is one of the furthest east islands in the Bahamas, not south, but east. Next stop, I want to save you, Drew, a line straight across is France or Spain. Um, we are in the northern portion of Eleuthera. So we're considered north Eleuthera. We are three miles off the coast of um of eleuthera and about a 20 minute boat ride from spanish wells so we're on the ocean side from spanish wells uh to get there either by boat which is we're approximately 200 miles from the fort lottle area or by aircraft uh if for some reason we have plenty of people that the boats come ahead of time and they fly in or if you just want to do a scouting mission and stay in our hotel or one of the great hotels on the island uh then we have plenty of resources for flying in which is to include silver, American, but out of Fort, out of South Florida, primarily silver, Aztec, Tropic Air, Tropic Ocean Airways, <clears throat> and uh, Maker's Air. So, uh, and American out of Miami. So yeah, so we've got. An, oh, I'm sorry, Bahamas, Bahamas Air. Well, that's into Nassau, so never mind. So, but yeah, so those are the ways to get there, um, and we'd love to have you. Uh, I'm very easy to reach. I'm just Joe at RamoraBay.com. And uh, Ramora is spelled R-O, not like the fish R-A. So it's R-O-M-O-R-A-B-A-Y.com. And uh, I will always answer every single one of your uh, requests for either information or anything else you might want to know, not just on Harbor Island, uh, but on the Bahamas in general. I want to thank you for your efforts. Not only, you know, you're running a very, you know, 
serious company there and, and hosting everyone, but you're also spending a lot of your time, you know, vouching for us to be able to experience this. And I just want to thank you for that. And uh, Brian, I want people to know that you're not just a yacht salesman and a father and everything and the wonderful qualities we talked about. You're truly a consultant. And the reason I say that is because people really lean on you for all the knowledge that you have and I, you know, and the relationships that you have with your clients and the way they become friends and family. And I want everyone to know that about you and that they should call you to not only learn everything they possibly need to know about a boat, but also to, you know, gain a lifelong friend that they can lean on when they need help when that boat breaks down or when they need a part flown over, you are their guy. Yeah, I, look, my phone's on 24 hours a day and I learned that at a young age. And, I, you know, I learned from, I had a great dad and, you know, he, he helped everyone in the neighborhood and I learned a lot off of him and it makes me feel good that I can help people out, you know, people... They work hard for what they have, and if I can just fix something or help them out, I'm there to do that, you know. And that's, that's what makes me me, I guess. I I I don't like to let people down. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. But we're a great company, a great organization, and we'll any one of us would answer our phones. Like, see, if I called you at 10 o'clock at night, I know you or 11 o'clock, whatever time it be. I, I know right. you would be there answering my call. So. That's what's great about us. But yeah, I appreciate the way you look at me that way. I don't see myself that way, but that is good. Tell us how we can reach you and also touch again on how, what you specialize in on sales. So let's go Instagram, phone, email, and uh, really what you specialize in. Well, listen, I'd have to call Christy my assistant because she handles everything for me. Without her, I wouldn't be who I am. But Shout I'm out, Christy. Weaver underscore H... I think I'm Weaver underscore HMY. Uh, you can reach me at bweaver at HMY.com. You can call my cell phone. It's everywhere, 561-308-0939. You go to any marina, my graffiti's on the marina, on the fuel pump, on the dock. Joe goes there and scrapes them off, but I put them back. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. You can go anywhere and find me, but uh, no, any one of us will help you. Thank you both so much for your time today. No, thank you. Thank Lexi. you very, very much for having us.